Welcome to this fourth Sunday in Advent here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Leading worship today will be Dallas and Juliet Davis, who will be lighting our Advent candles. Georgia Garnum will be giving our prayer of approach. Margot Shepherd will be our liturgist, and Tom Good will be our psalmist. And as always, David Berry is our choir director and our organist. I am Reverend Susan Brazier. Please join me now in worship. Come, overflowing joy, tiptoeing into our lives like children on the holiest of nights. Come, good news of hope, prepare our hearts to be able to welcome you and to welcome those whose hopes have turned to ashes. Come, dreamer of peace, so that we may pour our lives and gifts into the world in need of reconciliation. O oh, come, shepherd of love, guide us to be a reflection of your love and compassion to our fellow travelers on this journey of life.
Lord, we wait to hear an angel's song and to touch the Christmas star. Lord, we kneel beside the shepherds in hope of catching a glimpse of eternity in a baby's smile. This is the season of Advent, the time when we are all on our way to Bethlehem, the time that we are getting ready for the mystery of Christmas. But who will show us the way? The prophets can show us the way. Isaiah was a prophet that listened to and spoke the word of God. This is the light of the prophet and the candle of hope. Let us enjoy the light. Mary and Joseph are on their way to Bethlehem. They can show us the way. They have a secret. They are going to have God's special son, and they're going to name him Jesus. This is the light of the Holy Family. This is the candle of peace. The angel can show us the way to Bethlehem. The angel came to Mary and said, do not be afraid, you are blessed. The angel came to Joseph and said, do not be afraid, the Holy Spirit is with you. The angel came to the shepherds and said, do not be afraid, go to Bethlehem. This is the light of the angels. candle of joy. Let us enjoy the light.
The shepherds can show us the way to Bethlehem. And their sheep can come along too. The shepherds have good news. An angel came to them and said, Fear not. Your Savior has been born in Bethlehem. Go, go quickly and see the baby. And they went. This is the light of the shepherds. candle of love. Let us enjoy the light. I'm now going to change the light. The light of the prophets. The light of the Holy Family. The light of the angels. And the light of the shepherds. Before the light was in one place at one time, but now the light goes out to fill the whole room, to fill our whole world. And we can be near the prophets, the holy family, the angels, and the shepherds at any time and any place. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, show us the way to Bethlehem. Help us to follow the prophets the Holy Family, the Angel, and the Shepherds. Amen. Pray with me. Living, loving God, the stories of this season are familiar. So open our minds and hearts by the power of your spirit to hear your word afresh. Make us attentive to Jesus, the living word and gift he brings to our midst. Amen. Now, when the king was settled in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, 
Thus says the Lord, are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. The psalm this morning is uh, setting with refrain and answer of Psalm 89, the first four verses, and then verses 19 through 26. Forever will I sing the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. Your love, O Lord, forever will I sing. From age to age my mouth will proclaim your faithfulness. For I am persuaded that your steadfast love is established forever. You have set your faithfulness firmly in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn on oath to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and preserve your throne for all generations. Forever will I sing the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. You spoke once in a vision and said to your faithful people, I have set a crown upon a warrior and have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him. My hand will hold him fast, and my arm will make him strong. No enemy shall deceive him, nor shall the wicked bring him down. I will crush his foes before him, and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love are with him, and he shall be victorious through my name. I will set his hand on the sea, and his right hand on the rivers. He will say to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Forever will I sing the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts 
Be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. On this fourth Sunday in Advent, our lectionary readings open up for us a story of an ancient prophecy and an intriguing mystery that will take over a thousand years to fulfill. Quite honestly, George Lucas's imagination as played out in the Star Wars movies, even with all the special effects and the movie theaters, cannot begin to touch these biblical stories. I'm going to ask for a bit of indulgence and patience. I am certain that for many this will seem simple and basic, but to others this might be new information. To fully appreciate this biblical saga, you will need a little bit of a background story. Although personally I would argue about this, and maybe at another time I will, many biblical scholars hold that there are four great covenants that God makes in the Old Testament, and these should sound familiar to you. First is the one to Noah. God promises to never again destroy the world by flood. To Abraham, God promises to make him great and to bless all nations through his offspring. To Moses, God promises to make the Israelites to be God's holy people. And finally, the covenant Margo read for us today. To the recently anointed King David, God promises to him a kingdom that shall have no end. At the time David steps onto the stage in our Old Testament narrative, the 12 tribes of Israel are transforming from a loose confederation guided by a series of judges into a monarchy. David's rule from approximately 1010 BCE until about 970 BCE for a total of about 40 years. His son Solomon inherits his throne and the Davidic dynasty continues for about 400 years until the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar invades and destroys Jerusalem in 587 BCE. You've got to cut me a break. My husband is a historian. Okay, so King David was born in the town of Bethlehem. That's the reason why we call it the town of David. Once prosperous, by the time we reach the first century setting for our nativity story, well, let's just say Bethlehem has seen better days. The prophet Micah foretold that the Messiah would come from this now backwater, forgotten roadstock called Bethlehem. It must have seemed so absolutely unlikely and improbable. How many Jews over those six centuries questioned this oracle? Some probably even questioned whether there was a God. It must have been difficult to take heart in the divine promise to King David that his dynasty would have no end when confronted with the reality of a dusty, forlorn, forgotten town in a land under the control of the foreign Roman Empire. So, against this stage of despair, we the fulfillment of this ancient prophecy. And just to be certain that we don't miss what God is doing, you can hear the refrains of the Davidic covenant repeated in the words the angel Gabriel tells to Mary, captured in the first chapter of Luke. 
The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Announced to this peasant girl is the fulfillment of God's divine promise made to a king almost a thousand years earlier. Nowhere is it more evident that God's ways are not our ways, and God's time is not our time. We can get so caught up with where we are in our earthly temporal journeys that we lose sight that God is working on a much bigger canvas. God promised David that his dynasty would have no end. And through this poor young woman of great courage, God fulfills that promise in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But unlike God's covenant made to the, through the prophet Nathan in a dream? There is nothing quiet or subtle about when the prophecy is fulfilled. Listen now for the word of God, as we find in the second chapter of Luke, verses 8 through 14. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is a Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. This is a word of God for the people of God. Have you ever wondered why the heavenly host brought forth this holy pronouncement to a group of shepherds? Perhaps they were the only ones still awake at that time of night, or maybe they needed the huge pasture of the sheep fields for the inbreaking of heaven into earth. Or maybe it was just because sheep herding is such an important responsibility in the eyes of our God. Really, if you want to become an important leader in the Old Testament, doing a stint as a shepherd looks really good on the old resume. Pretty much all of the greats of the Old Testament had a go at shepherding. 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all had early careers working in the sheep service industry. Moses went from being the prince of Egypt to herding sheep of his father-in-law in Midian. In fact, he was on duty as a shepherd when he encountered the famous burning bush. When we first meet the future King David, they had to pull him out of a field where he was busy tending sheep. And God does not let David forget that he was a shepherd. God commands to Nathan to say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be the prince over my people Israel. In the ancient Hebrew world, if you wanted to get ahead, a tour of duty with sheep seemed to be a great advantage. It is this image of a shepherd that our God returns over and over again as a description of how to lead people. Sheep are stupid and require a lot of patience. That may be true of some people. The shepherd stays with the sheep, protects the sheep, and puts their needs first. For God, this is exactly how the Almighty wants not only the leaders of God's people to behave, but for us to behave towards one another as well. Accordingly, when the heavenly host shows up with all the glorious pronouncements of the fulfillment of this ancient prophecy, it actually seems most logical place in the world would be among the shepherds. God does not need a house or a temple. God's presence turns the ordinary into the extraordinary. A secular sheep pasture becomes a sacred sanctuary when God is in the house. Holy spaces. Of all the depictions in the New Testament, outside of the New Jerusalem at the end of Revelation, there is nothing, just nothing, that comes close to the vision of that sheep pasture on that late evening described in Luke. You have light, you have sound, you have story, you have prophecy, you have wonder. Matthew and his magi, you know, the astronomers, priests, those wise people from the east, all they got was a moving star. The fancy people do not get choirs of heavenly hosts. God built David a house. God built David a dynasty. A dynasty that plays out over and over every day in our actions and in our love. Just as God built David a house, God takes up residence in our lives and builds a house in our hearts. Our lives are the testimony of the fulfillment of this ancient prophecy. Top that, George Lucas. Amen. with light, bringing hope and vision for the way ahead.
This has been a difficult and confusing year of pandemic, and so we thank you for the lessons learned and the changes of heart, for new discoveries and hope restored. As nature around us prepares for the long sleep of winter, we pray for those who are ill or dying, and for those who are bereaved or feel any burden of loss. Oh God, reach out to all of us in Christ and give us hope for the living of these days. O oh God of peace, within our lives and relationships and in communities and around the world, there is conflict and antagonism, mistrust and resentment. We pray for all the places where violence has done its worst, where cruelty and suspicion appear to win the day, and where the vulnerable live in fear and despair. Oh God, reach out to us in Christ and give us peace in these times. O oh, creator of joy, we thank you for the moments of joy and celebration in our lives, for pleasures given and received, for quiet times spent in reflection and remembering, and for happy gatherings, even though they might be quite small. In these colder, darker days, we remember those who feel left out or neglected, those who have found the months of pandemic restrictions a heavy burden, and those who find it difficult to love and to be loved, even at a distance. Be their light and their warmth. Oh God, reach out to us all in Christ and give us joy to share in the days ahead. Oh love, come down from Christmas. You call us to live in community with you and with one another. You form us into families, circles of relationships, and in communities. Today we pray for our family members, whether they are close or estranged, for our friends, whether nearby or far away, and for our neighbors, who we share our community, like-minded or not. Help us express both our love and concern in gentle words and kind actions. Oh God, reach out to all of us in Christ and strengthen our love for you and for one another. And now, we pray together using the words that Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. good, return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Mm -hmm.